are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Friday, July 8th, and we have another episode here of The Issue for you guys. Uh, Loaded episode today. We got a lot of news. One with Baker being traded to Carolina. Did not see that coming. We'll get to it. We actually actually predicted that he wouldn't go to Carolina, but, you know. A miss is a miss. Whatever. We'll We'll get get to to that. Yeah, we'll get to it. Hits and misses will be in the first segment. Tim will have a rant on Baker to close out the first segment. The second segment, though, divisional predictions are back. The NFC West to start it off. It feels good. I mean, it feels really good. So, it's one of my favorite times of the year, right? We kind of lead into the NFL season, which is it 100%. That is that is my you know my primary favorite. That that's number one, the best part of the year is the NFL season. Yeah. Number two is you know the the eight or nine weeks leading up to it, which you know what this week marks nine weeks. We are getting close, and it like, feels good. Like nine and a half weeks. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Um, feels feels amazing. Getting very close to NFL football. So in the second segment, we will have our NFC. West divisional predictions, first one of the year. Uh, very excited about that. And then to close out the show uh, in the third segment, to wrap it all up, we will have the next installment of our top 25 quarterbacks of the last 50 years. Uh, this week, numbers 15 through numbers 15. 11. 15 through 11. We, so we started getting, we had, you know, a couple current players, no, maybe just one so far. Ro- I know we had Russ last week. We had week. Russ. We had Eli last week. Eli so, Manning, not current, but more current than most. Right. So this week, you know, we have. One current and uh, no two two current and like two recently retired yes. and one legend. So you kind of get a, a broad spectrum. Uh, it, this in is, today's five. This is by far so well, so far my favorite five that we've easily. released. Uh, easily, easily. This will be week three of that. So yeah. uh, also hope you guys had a safe and uh, good Fourth of July, uh, solid Fourth of July weekend. Can't believe it's already uh, July eighth. I mean, kind of missed the boat on. Like the actual day June, of the Fourth of July, July, but you know, lots of stuff all over social media. People going like missed... nuts on the Fourth. So, hope everybody stayed safe, had fun, family time, personal time, whatever you did. Hope you had a good Fourth. I, um, I feel like I missed the boat on just June in general. Like, where where did June? It was like just May, you know, twenty something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, June flew by. I'm assuming July will probably do the same. But you know, anything to get us NFL football quicker. I'm kind of I'm kind of for. I'm with it. That's fine by me. You know, and I'm kind of done with like the whole really hot and then rain a lot type of thing yeah. right just give me consistency yeah yeah big big fall guy so <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it all right let's get into hits, uh hit to misses so at number one uh baker was traded from the browns to the panthers for a fifth uh conditional fifth round pick and the panthers are going to pay half the salary you know i said i wouldn't build around baker but he has some talent right i would say he's Talent-wise, a top 25 to 30 quarterback in the world, which is definitely a start in the uh, in the NFL. There's 32 of those jobs open. Yeah, I think he deserves to be one of them. But I said, not super polite, not super likable. Not sure he's the man in the locker room, right? Calls out medical staff, didn't work with OBJ, a bunch of stuff like that. Yelling at coaches. He's just yeah. he's very abrasive. Very abrasive. Um, and I and I said this. I'm just, I was saying this right after he beat Pittsburgh. Right, he had a bunch of in the in the playoffs yeah. at Pittsburgh. Um, was having a bunch of uh, people backing him, right, saying, oh, the Browns should build around him. I said, nah, I don't think so. The pushback was insane. Um, well, he's going to get about nine and a half of his 19-ish million dollar salary from the, Bron- from the Browns 
to not play for them. Yeah, they're paying him to leave the town. The Browns, who are, remember, paying absurd money to a guy who has lawsuits against them. Oh, my gosh. Leaving them with zero valid starting quarterbacks on the roster are paying you to play for a different football team. Like it, I said, I wouldn't build around them. I wouldn't build around them. No, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you get... It happens all the time on social media. You'll see people get in an argument and say, "Oh, well, how about you just leave then? I'll, I'll pay for your plane ticket. I'll buy. I'll buy your way out of here." Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent what Cleveland did. They they didn't want him to play for them so badly that they paid to have him leave, and not just like a little bit, a substantial amount of money to say later, please don't play for us anymore. I agree. Uh, miss number one. So I, you know, I did say I have said Baker's not great. He's decent though. Um, I think there's places where he would fit. I think he's a, would be at least a better fit in Seattle. I think someone threw out Detroit. Interesting idea. Um, I, I think he's better than Goff, slightly. Uh, I here's the thing him. with Goff. Mm. Goff's dependable. Goff's not going to say anything over the top. I don't want to say dumb, but I mean dumb, right? I mean, Baker, Baker says a lot of just questionable things. things. So I will say Goff might be a little more dependable. A little, you know, brings the temperature down in the room as opposed to Baker. But Baker's a better quarterback. I thought there were better fits, though. Than Carolina, that's my point. You know, um, their own line's not very good. I think their weapons are kind of overrated. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're good when they're healthy. But C Max often hurt. DJ Moore feels more like a number two than a true number one. Um, like a more Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin type. Good, not necessarily a one. I don't think. Uh, so we'll see. I didn't think it was a great fit, but he's there anyway. I mean, the thing with me on this whole Baker to Carolina thing, it's. He's never going to have the roster he had with Cleveland. Cleveland Cleveland is the best he's he's had it or is ever going to have it, and he blew that. So, I mean, with a less dependable run game, I I would say when C-Max healthy, he's just as dependable, if not more dependable, than a Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt duo. But close. I mean, if you can't do it with that duo. How are you going to walk in? And that offensive line, and a coach of the year, and a really good defense. How are you going to walk in and take a a running back that has been injured for like the last three years consistently and and build around that? And a not good offensive line, and Matt Rule, who who knows when he's going to be fired or if he's going to win. I don't see it. Hit number two. You know, I've said. Okay, so so I don't want to overreact, right? The Yankees lost to the Pirates on Tuesday, right? I was there. I still think they're fantastic. I, I think they're. I think they're probably poised for, you know, getting to at least the uh, ALCS, right? I'm not going to overreact about a midweek pre-All-Star break Tuesday night loss to the Pirates, right? But I've said it multiple times. I'm concerned about the long-term efficacy of home runner bus mentality. Um, so they, they had like nine Ks in the game, which isn't crazy, but seven of them came within the first four innings, and there were some big spots. They left six guys on base in those first four innings against Jose Quintana, who, mm. you know, I mean... He's not, good. Great, he's, he's, good. he's not a great pitcher. Not a great pitcher. Not um, a great pitcher. But over a seven-game series, I worry about about that. You know, I knew you were going to the game. I went and had and looked at the, the starting pitcher matchup. Ridiculous. The, the difference between the two. Quintana I, I and Tyon. I cannot believe that the, the Pirates pulled that one out. But then again, I mean, like you said... If you don't hit home runs in a game, it's done for you if you're the Yankees. I mean, you are completely dependent upon your stars showing up and hitting home runs every single day, day in and day out. And I'm not sure that's the most dependable or consistent way to go about things. Also, let's not forget they have the most walk-offs in the league this year. So that doesn't normally, you know, playing a lot of close games, normally that's more of a 50-50 split as opposed to the Yankees' close game split right now. So the record, they're good. A little overinflated, though. Yes. Uh, miss number two, got to give credit where credit's due here. Uh, Chet Holmgren balled out in his summer league debut, but I'd like to repeat that part. 
summer league debut. If you didn't catch it, we'll, we'll highlight it here. Summer league debut. Um, I, I don't know when anybody's became an NBA star, even an, an all-star, based on their summer league, especially from their singular summer league game. Yeah. Um, no one really cares, seriously. I, I mean, really. It's not like he's playing for a roster spot or anything. Like, I, It does not really matter. It matters for guys who are fringe roster guys. He's not. He's going to make the roster. He was the fifth overall pick, fourth or fifth overall pick, right? I mean, yeah. obviously. Oh, good Lord. But at the end of the day, played well. You know, I... I think this take that, you know, I have that Chet's not, he's going to be more of a bust, um, is more of a long-term take. So I'll eat the words for right now. Hopefully a larger victory down the road. I think, we'll see. I think when you made the prediction, you said in the next, in an episode in a year or two from now. So you got a year or two from now to wait till it plays out. And yeah, let's see how you do in the, in the, in the actual the NBA actual in NBA the league. Uh, a summer league does not, uh, does not really count. I, I agree. Mean, if. It's you know. a debut. Like, relax. Yeah. If Aaron he, broke, Judge, he broke the blocks record. Like, he's 7-1. I expected him to do that. Like, I mean, if uh, Aaron Rodgers goes out there and, for some reason, plays in a in a spring training game and balls out, or not a spring training game, <laughs> a preseason, a preseason game. game. Same thing. Uh, yeah. And, you know, balls out, are we going to go ahead and crown him uh, MVP for the season? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's not the real thing. Hit number three. Uh, you know, I think the Steelers are such a good organization, right? But I did say I disagree with them not starting Kenny Pickett. But I also said during that, I said, hey, you know, Pittsburgh knows what they're doing for the most part, so maybe we just sit back and trust them, right? I don't think they're dumb by any means. They've been successful for four decades. Like, well, I'll trust them. Well, of course, their top two picks are preseason all-NFL rookie team. All right, George Pickens at wide receiver and obviously Kenny Pickett at quarterback. So, you know, the other people were taking notice as well. The Steelers are a good organization. All right, Mr. number three here, Debo Samuel being on a different team. We predicted actually a draft day trade with the Jets. Clearly didn't happen. He's still a Niner. He's been going to minicamp, although he's not been actually practicing. He was there, though. I, you know, he's talented. I'm not as shocked that the Niners won him, but I did expect him to be gone at this point. We both predicted it. Wrong there. Um, so, yeah, there's there's hits and misses on a on a, on a, on a decent Friday. It's been a rainy week, but uh, not, yeah, not too bad here on this Friday. Hoping to brighten up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, the days in Cleveland are not getting any brighter. You're right. You're right. It is. There are cloudy skies in Cleveland. But, so actually, let's, let's just transition to that. So, obviously, um, if you haven't heard, the, the Browns trade Baker Mayfield um, for a to the, to the Panthers for a conditional fifth-round pick yeah. in 2024. And they agree, the teams, to split his finances, which it's about 19-ish million dollars, which is rounded. I think it's 19.2 or something like that. Whatever. Something like that. It's rounded 19, um, and they're they're going to split the salary. So it's nine and a half per team. So that that's the deal. Um, it'd be very easy to come on here and just be like, ah, see, I told you Baker sucks, which I did a little bit. You know, I I'll take my take the the little pat on the back. But now let's be a little bit more realistic, right? I wouldn't say Baker was a hit in Cleveland, but I think it would be unfair to say that he was. A, a miss, right? I don't think it, I don't think he was a bust by any means. At the end of the day, if you told me that an zero and sixteen team would get Baker Mayfield and eventually win a playoff game in Pittsburgh, you would have signed up for that as soon as you got drafted. Uh, as a Cleveland fan, I would have. They're now relevant, right? They are at, to at at least a little bit to his credit, right? I don't think he was the driver of the bus. But at the end of the day, you have to be at least competent to lead your team to the playoffs and win a playoff game on the road against your division division rival. Not only your division rival, but, I mean, the Steelers, right? They've been big brothering the Browns for existence? For the entire existence of the franchise. Since Jim Brown retired. Yeah. 
So it'd be really easy for me to sit here and be like, oh, you know, Baker stinks. I don't think he's great, but he doesn't stink. No. Not bad. Here's the, here's the issue, though. With going to Carolina, people are like, oh, you know, I'm excited for his second opportunity, right? So mostly second opportunities, like a Carson Wentz, are usually with better football teams, right? I think at least in the last 10 years, Super Bowl year aside in Philadelphia, I don't think you can really argue that Indiana Indianapolis hasn't been more well-run. Right, you draft Andrew Luck, you were really good for a while. Even post-Andrew Luck, you've had a great offensive line, a good running game. You draft defense really well. Your coach is solid. Stability throughout. As opposed to Philly, who fired a guy who just won a Super Bowl, hired a young coach, who, which, that's fine, chose Jalen Hurts over him, who isn't really that good of a passer as a quarterback. Makes a lot of sense. So, you know, that's a second chance that, that kind of makes sense. Um, Drew Brees, a second chance that makes sense. Going from... Uh, the Chargers, they move off him for Phillip Rivers. Fine. Goes to um, Sean Payton, who makes him, oh, I don't know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. That's a second chance that makes sense, right? A lot of them around that makes sense. Here's one that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Going from a top three roster in football, maybe not now, but when Baker was playing last year and especially the year before. The year before, OBJ, yeah. Jarvis Landry, David oh, Njoku, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, a top three. Jones. I still think Donovan Peoples. I think it was a. I think it was the best uh, line in football. You could, you cannot argue outside of the top three. Good pass rusher Miles Garrett. Good secondary Denzel Ward and others. Linebackers were kind of weak, but the two teams of the Super Bowl last year had weak linebacking course. Doesn't really matter that much. Coach of the year at one point Kevin Stefanski. Go from that to Carolina. Who knows when Matt Rule is going to be fired, if he will be fired, when his future doesn't look great. There's already been rumblings about it. There was last year. Defense is good, not special. Young and ascending, I'll give them that. Offensive line is bad. Weapons are a little bit overrated and injury-prone. I said in the in earlier, I don't think DJ Moore is a, a true number one. I think he's more of a number two. C-Mac is always hurt. Tight end position's weak. In an in a increasingly tight end healthy league, right? TJ Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle. Um, these are all stars. Darren Waller, impact players. Even Pat Fryermuth. He had a great... Uh, Muth, absolutely great, Muth. Great first season. Yes. I'm not sure how that transition works. I will say they can't be any less stable as an organization than Cleveland, so I guess that's a step. They, I don't know if they, they're a step up. They've been to a Super Bowl more recently, so. I don't think it's a step up, though, in culture. I think it's about the same. That, to me, isn't a second chance that that bodes well for him. right? I think there were better options on the market. Now, I'm not sure what the package, or even if New Orleans was interested. I thought that was a better option. Yet Detroit, in the last couple days, there were rumblings that they were a little bit more interested um, as as it got nearing this this move here. They were starting to get interested. Now, you know, I'm not saying Detroit is historically good, but I would say as a franchise right now, I actually love what they're doing on the offensive side of the football. Defense isn't completely lost after this past draft. We'll see how it goes. There's a defensive coach, so maybe he can help improve it, Dan Campbell. So I I think there were – even the Seahawks, you could argue me into that that's a better situation right now than the Panthers. And I could see that. Actually, we have the Seahawks. We're going to get to it later, but we have them beating the Panthers. So, I mean – and the Seahawks aren't a good football team. They're going to start Drew Lockett quarterback, oh, right? So it's going to be horrific. 
it's easy to sit here and be like, oh, Baker sucks. No, he doesn't suck. His time in Cleveland was a success, but the second chance, I'm not sure it makes sense for him. It, it's just so – usually when somebody gets a second chance, like you're saying, at least one area, if any, are better than the situation you came from. Like, at least you can go and pick out a group, whether it be the defensive backs or whether it be the pass rush. Or I don't think you can go to any area of There's football between these two teams and say Carolina beats Cleveland in this area. Even, well, at the time of, you know, the peak of that Cleveland roster, even now probably I don't, I don't think you can either. I would, I would say maybe now, but you would struggle to get one to two of them. But, like... Two years ago, Cleveland roster, zero. Maybe pass rush. The, the Panthers had a pretty good pass rush last year, but I, I mean, with Miles Garrett, is it really that bad, uh, much better? No. Um, I mean, so now this raises questions. We were talking a little bit about it earlier. What do you do with Sam Darnold if you're Carolina? You're paying him a lot of money. I don't know what his cap hit would be if you were to like cut him or release him or whatever. Because um, now that, that's, a, that's a big question mark. I don't think there's going to be a lot of suitors for – I don't even – you know what? We have a little bit of time here in this segment to kind of kind of BS a little bit. Let's see. Yeah. What is Sam Darnold's cap hit? Let's see. Let's see what Sam – so Sam Darnold has an 18 – we'll call it 19, 18.88 or 86, I'm sorry. So 18 – $19 million for Sam Darnold, um, and they'll only pay about 9.5 for Baker. That's yeah. – you're taking you, up a lot of money with quarterbacks. That's a lot of money. Do you – I don't think you can cut them. You can't just cut that. Because then who, who is, who's your third guy? Like a P.J. Walker, and then they just drafted um, the guy from uh, Ole Miss. Matt Corral. Matt Corral. Yes, thank you. Um, so oh 2022, gosh. if he was cut pre-June 1st, the dead cap would be the entire salary. The entire – 18 almost 19 million dollars so you would lose they would still go against your cap and he wouldn't be on your team i don't think it's a see here's the thing i don't think it's a bad idea to keep them they're not in the super bowl window anyway so it's not like they, they are desperate for 19 million to push towards the super bowl or anything like that and at the end of the day do we trust baker he was hurt last year do we trust him to go in and play 17 games at a high enough level to where you don't think at some point you will want to pull him and see what sam Darnold has not that we we know what he has, but you you get you get my point. Yeah, at least see. Give him a sh- another shot, even for a game or two. I Just mean, hope you get some magic in a bottle. Paying him nineteen million dollars, you probably at least. I say play you might as well keep bit. him. I say you might as well just keep him. Yeah, you have to, but it's Baker's job. I don't think that's a question. I think Baker's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Oh, a hundred percent. And I don't think they go out and get Baker to sit on the bench. Uh, no, because no, Baker is no, not the kind of guy no. you just want sitting, stewing on the bench. The, the yeah. less he talks to people on the sideline, the better you have it. So get him out on the field, uh, get him away from the bench. I don't know. It just... could, I see this possibly creating noise. I see this possibly creating turbulence, drama out of Carolina. I which think it 100% does. They, they don't need it either. If you're trying to rebuild, you don't bring in more issues. You're trying to rid yourself of issues and start to bring in prospects, start to bring in guys that you want to build around, that you want to pay long-term. And I don't think Baker is the guy that any team wants to pay long-term right now. I mean, the dude barely had a market, and he had maybe two to three teams offering for him, and these two to three teams are horrific teams in the NFL. I, I feel kind of the same about how I did when uh, the Steelers got Pickett, for completely different reasons, right? Obviously, Pickett has nothing that we've seen off-the-field issues, but kind of the same reason that 
you know, hey, I mean, at the end of the day, the Panthers are upgrading at the most important position. So it's not a total loss. But like you're saying, in a rebuild, we need a loud, noisy, averagely talented guy. I'm not sure that's what we're looking for. No, it isn't. I don't know. Um, either way, that wraps up the first segment. Make sure you stick around. The second segment is coming up next. We have all of the NFC West divisional predictions and divisional superlatives. Who's the best quarterback? Or no, we don't even MVP, have that. MVP, Who's the MVP? They're going to be quarterbacks <laughs> almost all the Almost games. all of them. Who is the Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Breakout Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year from the NFC West division? All coming up next in the second segment. Don't go anywhere. All right, we are back. Second segment, Friday. We're already eight days into July. Seems kind of crazy to me. Whatever. Uh, I'll go with the flow. It is nuts. It's um, crazy. Weather's been decent, kind of rainy this week. Not bad to cool it down, though. It's been pretty hot as it normally is in, I don't know, July. So, yeah, I'm like, that makes sense, I guess. No, I mean, um, we're pretty much on par with a normal July, I would say. Right. So, yeah, it's the issue. No cicadas this July. That's a plus. Well, what's it? Once every, like, 17 years? So, I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> if you're playing the odds, I mean, yeah, it's, good, it's a good bet. Let's just say that. Every year, I feel like there's some new bug. I saw something about some, like, water spider or something like that that's supposed to be drifting across from East Asia or something. I don't know. It's July. Why? Everything Why? everything seems to happen in the summer. I just don't get it. We're I don't, doing all I don't right want there. water spiders, no. though, man. What is that about? <laughs> it doesn't sound great. Or, like, hangar spiders. It's something like that. Don't quote me Keep on it. Keep them over there on the West Coast. They're coming through from, from Asia through the Pacific. Keep them over there. That's fine. Um, all right, well, second segment issue, Friday, July 8th. Here we go. Divisional predictions. We got the NFC West. It's our first week back doing predictions. So we do happy it. about it. So is this our third? Third go around. This is at our it. third year of division. Third, so we do it every year. Third year here. Um, so we'll go NFC West, then we'll hop over to AFC West, and yep. just kind of keep keep going like that. Yep. We do um, the same order every year. Seems to work out. Same order every year. Hopefully, we you know, hopefully we get some of these right. It's in an exact science. Who knows? Um, I will say, if you order them in the order of the quarterbacks, you know, you got a pretty good shot. Yeah. And so you're that that's probably going to be a common theme if you want to try to predict what we're going to predict. A little tip. That's a good one to go with. Yeah, yeah. that one. Uh, that one's usually pretty solid. We we have a good way of going about it. Last year, and uh, last year was a little bit of a crazy year. This year, I'm pretty confident. I know, yeah, I know these picks for uh, the NFC West will be pretty good. So, uh, without further ado, let's go the NFC West divisional predictions for the 2022 season. Let's go. Um, so we're gonna start at the bottom, Mike. If you're new to this, we always start at four and go to one. Um, so let's go uh, for the Seahawks. Projected record, let's go four and 13. Um, so having such little wins, we'll tell you who we think they're going to be. Right? I think they probably beat the Falcons, uh, the Jets, the Giants, and then the Panthers. Right? Here's the thing. They play the Panthers later in the year. Who knows who's going to be starting a quarterback? That team might be checked out. Not that anyone really fully doesn't try in the NFL. Everyone's, it's their job. Right? Everyone's competing for a job. Plan to put to put uh, you know food on the table a lot of times, but you know let's 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 not act like the intensity after you've won three games all season if you're the Panthers in week fifteen is the same because it's just not let's yeah. just not pretend that it is. Um, so I think those are the, probably their four 
only wins, right? So you lose Russ. You don't have a great offensive line. I don't think you have a true number one. I think DK is close, super high end two, more of a low end one. If you're going to argue that, um, I mean, even his teammate at Ole Miss, who was more underrated than him and AJ Brown, has become a better NFL receiver. I think so far. Yeah. Um, he's now with with Philly, but. I don't think they do have a true number one. The pass Drew Locke's going to start. Pass rush is bad. Expensive, not great secondary. An aging defensive coach. I think they're overpaid at a lot of positions. I Go through the schedule. Find me the wins. I say that a lot. I think we say that all the time. Find me the wins here. Yeah. I, I don't. That's where the, the intro came. Is it? Is that still in the, in the intro? It might have been the first one or the second one. I don't know. We've had a couple intros, but it was in the intro at one point. Yeah. Hey, it's really tough to go through that. To go through that schedule and pick something out where Seattle does anything better than four wins. I mean, we tried to give them more than four wins and try to think of ways like, oh, you know, let's try to predict an upset or two. You, It's almost impossible in the rosters to spend. Like I think we the said, Panthers they, is an upset. They're going to go into almost every single game this year and be outmatched at almost every single unit. Especially quarterback, which we know is the most important position. It's not even an argument. No. Okay, Seattle in the basement. Number three in the division, right? Second to last. Here we got San Francisco. Eight and nine, I think, is what we're what we're looking at for their record. Here's the thing. Their schedule is kind of tough. Right? Yeah. It's, de- it's definitely not an easy schedule. Um, and with a basically rookie quarterback, I'm, I'm really not sure what to expect. Right? This is me predicting Trey Lance to have some growing pains. I do think over the course, over the next five years, Trey Lance is going to end up being a pretty dynamic quarterback. Right? He's big, he's strong, he moves pretty well. Um, he's got a nice arm. This year, though, I don't expect him to go out and be able to win some of those games that Jimmy Garoppolo's experience can kind of gut them to wins. Uh, so I think they're going to lose some close games. It's going to be more of a growing pain season, not to mention in a weapons league, they don't have any defensive backs to even steal a possession back. Um, and they're going to have to win some shootouts in those games. Plus, I don't know what what's going on with Debo. Is he going to sign? Is he going to play? Yeah. George Kittle, I love him, but he's frequently hurt, which means you could have an offense with your two best receivers, either one not there, and two, the other one hurt. So, hey, for a young quarterback, that's not super dependable, but I will say they got a good pass rush, really strong coach. So, like, they, they'll be able to get around 500. There's no 500 anymore. They'll be yeah. around 500 just because good coach, decent pass rush, good stability. But a you know young quarterback, yeah, weapons are kind of unreliable. Who knows? My thing with San Fran is, I just have a big question mark around Trey Lance, and they are the ones that are causing the doubts because of their indecisiveness with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, if I think if they would have came if, out and said Trey's our faith, guy, if you yeah, if you have faith in Trey Lance, you go in, you make him your starter, you throw him through uh, training camp as the starter, and you don't keep Jimmy G on the back burner just right. waiting around. Right. Uh, I think it sends mixed signals, so I'm not quite sure what to expect from Trey Lance because of that. It is it's doubtful. You, you can sit here and doubt Trey Lance a little bit for their indecisiveness, but and I think I do think he has some of the intangibles that you need to be a great quarterback in this era in the NFL. You need to be strong. You need to be able to move. You have to have a good deep ball. You have to be able to uh, extend plays, extend plays, move mm-hmm. the pocket around, and and make throws, athletic throws on the run. And he can. I see him being able to do all that at the next level, but maybe not quite as consistently this year. Yes, and yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna raise that question mark now. That's another point with the uh, the Baker Mayfield trade that I didn't even think about until like right now. 
What's that mean for Jimmy G? Like, what is what signals that tell you? Because I have a hard time believing that the Panthers wouldn't go after Jimmy G before Baker. Before Baker, yeah. right? So, what's that say? Either what the Niners are asking, or what they, what their desire to trade him really is, right? Um, number two, let's go with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, about nine and eight, right? I think their schedule's not great, um, so they probably get swept by McVay. Yeah. Uh, the Rams kind of have their number a little bit, right? They probably sweep Seattle. Um, so that that's good two and two in division. Then you probably split with San Fran, about three and three in division. That's obviously average, right? Um, and that week eighteen game, week eighteen game is going to be insane. So yeah. it's the Niners versus the Cardinals. I think both are going to be, you know, about eight and eight at that time. It's going to be interesting. That last nine, eight, eight, nine, right there. Are you going to be five hundred or you not? Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I worry with D Hop out for the first six weeks with a tough first three games. I don't know if they'll recover from an O and three if they can at least get a one and two to a two and one in those games. Um they would be looking at, you know, ten and seven, eleven and six, but I think they probably go O and three without them. Don't love that. Right. And and the thing to look out for with that week eighteen game being so decisive it could be very decisive here in this division because let's remember the nfc is not nearly as loaded as the afc is that playoff race that could be a wild card spot that nine and eight that nine and eight is going to be one of the last two wild card spots i agree i agree and here's the thing who knows Um, i worry with arizona a little bit the fact that kyler's beat up at the end of season so is he even gonna be available how what percent of health is he going to be in that last game who knows um all right let's go with Number one, the Rams. I don't think this is crazy, right? I always hesitate to just crown the the former champion a champion again. People always are the best team just because they want it. Like, hold up, we'll see. But I mean, what what who have they lost and who have they gained, right? So they lost OBJ. Okay, you gained Allen Robinson. Um, you you know you lost a, a DB here. Or you get Bobby Wagner as a linebacker, right? So you bolster the defense a little bit. You re-sign Aaron Donald. You, you know you still have Matt Stafford. Your running backs were fine. Like I, they didn't lose a whole. I think they got a lot better. I think there's yeah. three games that that I feel decent about them losing. Right. I think the Bills beat them to open up a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. When they go to Arrowhead in November, don't love that for them. Mm. And then uh, at Tampa in prime time, I don't love that for them either. And then I think they probably lose one of the next three, either Green Bay at Lambeau, although I think that's doubtful. The Chargers week 17, or one of the 49er games because I think Shanahan. You know, he's been really good against McVay. So that leaves him with about four losses. That'll probably put him in, you know, first or second seed in the NFC. Yep. Right about where they should be. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know what the argument would be against that. No, yeah, that's right about, uh, I mean, they're, because, they're not going to be any lower than, than first in the division. I, I don't see the Rams slipping up here with this roster, uh, with that level of coaching and Sean McVay. I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, look at the graphic right here. Top three to five in almost Every position that matters, if you include coach's position, like just loaded top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, really. And uh, to run back through, so we got the Rams in first at thirteen and four, Cardinals in second at nine and eight, the Forty ers in third at eight and nine, and the Seahawks in the basement of the NFC West at a crisp four and thirteen record. Um, <laughs> something we always do to go along here with the divisional predictions. Not only are we going to give you the records, but we're going to give you some of the, the players to look out for. So if you're into fantasy football, maybe looking to draft in some of these guys, uh, bolster in the lineup a little bit, uh, get you some wins here. So let's go into the superlatives for the NFC West. All right, we'll start with the MVP. Um, I, I think Matt Stafford is, is the clear choice here. So MVP, you're naturally probably going to get a quarterback. I think we've said... 
Um, quarterbacks are going to be most of the MVPs for the superlatives in all the divisions. Um, I mean, just the value you place on the position. I just really don't think there's anyone close. I like Kyler, but I don't think he's at that level at all. Like, I don't even think he's even close. Um, Ta- talented, yes, but is he at the MVP level? I don't think so. And he would be the quarterback in that division that would be, like, next in line in experience right. and performance. Right. Uh, and, no, he's not anywhere close to a Matt Stafford. He didn't come into a franchise and take them to a Super Bowl the first season. Granted, he's younger. He doesn't have as much experience. But I think Matt Stafford, like you said, especially with two years in the Sean McVay umbrella, the, come the, on. The second year is, I, I mean... I don't think it's crazy to say he'll get 10% better. And if you look at his stats, 10% better would put him in the top three in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, Matt Stafford. At MVP. Yeah, I agree. All right, offensive player of the year, I think Cooper Cup. First of all, he broke the record and for what, most catches? Most catches in a season, I think? Uh, most catches. Yeah, yeah. And it was close to yards. I don't think he got yards. Yards after was catch was like, like second of all time or something like that. Something crazy. Here's the thing about Cooper Cup is I think his game is going to age really well. You hear him talk, and it's not, he's not just a freak of nature that goes up and makes jump ball catches. He is open almost every play. Yeah. Um, and then the versatility, you know, you, you, can, you can do an end around and hand it to him. You know, he can go down the field and make big catches, uh, you know, down the field. He can do a little slant route, a screen pass, you know, intermediate routes he's fine with. He'll go over the middle. He'll make catches on the sidelines. He can do just about everything you need him to do. Mm-hmm. I don't see a big hole in his game. He it, the catching is fantastic. I mean, what? Well, he what's creates, the weakness? I don't. He, I don't get it. He creates a ton of separation off the line of scrimmage. His footwork is unmatched, and the versatility. I mean, you can put him as the outside receiver, as the one, and then you could even move him in, play him in the slot. I mean, the dude can fit in anywhere. He plugs and plays. Uh, you know, and also. His knowledge of the playbook is off the charts. I was watching an interview with him. Just the way he was talking and how in-depth he was able to get about everything and how he picks apart defenders. Yep. One of the best, like, 25, 30-minute interviews I've ever listened to. Can't remember who did it. But, uh, nevertheless, it was great Cooper Cup Offensive Player of the Year. All right, let's go with Defensive Player of the Year. I think Nick Bosa is going to be my pick for this. I think he's the only way that San Fran gets above 500. Now, we, we don't think they will, but I think Nick Bosa... I mean, if they do, he'll be the one that pushes them. The way that he can get, the way he can, you know, turn that edge from the outside uh, as an outside edge rusher, his first step is, is up there with T.J. Watt as the best in football. Yeah. I think he is probably the second or third best pass rusher in football. Him, T.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, and I. Aaron Donald. Well, he's interior. Oh, uh, yeah. Edge rusher. Uh, I mean, maybe Chandler Jones. I, I mean, really, I don't. That, it's a very, very short list. His brother, yeah. Joey. Like, it's a very short list. Um, so I, defensive player of the year seems good. Plus, it'd just be so common to be like, oh, you know, you know, Aaron Donald. But here's the thing, Aaron Donald. Not that it's been a, a massive decline, but he's not necessarily the Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor dominant player that he once was. You know, three, four years ago, mm-hmm. still a really good player. Definitely one of the best interior defensive linemen. For sure. But from a value standpoint, I think Nick Bosa, you know, edge rushers are generally more valuable. Um, defense player of the year seems right for, for me with Nick Bosa. Especially somebody that's going to be so valuable to that specific team. I think right. him on that edge for that defensive front is going to be the only reason that they start to get through and, and rack up sacks this season. So, yeah, Nick Bosa at Depoy seems absolutely uh, perfect. Okay, breakout uh, player of the division. Let's go with Rondell Moore. So he was the like three or four on the depth chart last year for Arizona. Second-year player out of Purdue. 
Uh, so he was like fourth on the depth chart, something like that, behind AJ Green, Christian Kirk, D Hop. First of all, D Hop's going to be out for the first six weeks. He might be the number one guy on the depth chart week one through six. So um, he's going to get a lot of snaps, a lot of looks, a lot of targets. I think he's going to show out. Yeah. Speed, agility. You know, he's got good hands. Not super big, but really speedy, really shifty. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I look up 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns later, and he is one of the better slot receivers in football. So we'll go Rondale Moore to kind of have a breakout season. Not that his rookie season was bad, but I think this season will be that much better. And like I mentioned coming into this segment, if you're looking for guys for your fantasy team to pick up in those later rounds of the draft that people might skip over, Rondell Moore could you pick could, up. You could probably so wide receivers usually go anywhere from the first to the you know top wide receivers for first to the you know third or fourth round. Yeah. Um. You know you could get him as a steal in the sixth as your number two receiver easily. Little advice there for for fantasy. I know that's the drafts will be coming up for the for the leagues pretty soon here. So yeah, within the next like month or two. So yeah. start yeah. start getting some advice out at least. Right. Right. Um, coach of the year, uh, Sean McVay. So, I mean, we could try to be fancy and be like, you know what, Pete Carroll's going <laughs> to lead a, a bad team to almost 500. Well, first of all, I don't think he will. Second of all, let's not you know, let's not beat around the bush, right? I, mm-hmm. Kingsbury's fine. Um, Shanahan's fine. But, you know, I mean, it's Sean McVay. There's something that... Is there a lot of, you know, description that we need here? I don't... It's just he has so many things that set him apart. His knowledge of the game and his memory is... <laughs> insane um he remembers every play from every team he's ever coached or and or played on he, he could probably go back and tell you uh, the record of his football team when he played eight-year-old tackle football for the first time there's a chance uh, he's that kind of guy um and i mean he just wins he he creates greatness uh, wherever he goes he was a great way he coached tight ends in washington for a couple of years i think in 2014 and then goes over and he has been fantastic uh, in that head coaching role but yeah, I was gonna say here's the here's the thing that nobody thinks about with Sean McVay is I think the culture that's been created there um, in LA is just it's just phenomenal. I mean, you can plug and play. Von Miller comes in, you know, balls out, yeah. leaves for more money, and says, you know what, that was the best time, you know, maybe of my life. Like I, I wouldn't trade anything for the Rams. Uh, you know, OBJ says it was one of the best experiences of his life. Like guys want to play there. That is a winning culture, an inclusive culture, and and it's it's proven results. I mean, really. So yes, obviously coaching. I think also the the culture that he's helped create has been fantastic. Probably one of the best in the league. Oh, absolutely! And creating a culture in an environment like a Los Angeles. Let's not be, uh, you know, they don't, for being such a big market in a big city. They don't exactly have the biggest uh, fan base and diehard fans. Sure, there's a they're lot. They're getting of, there, they're, but they're getting there. And but he's been the reason for building most of that and, and right. what they're at right now and the success they've had and still being able to dominate the NFL. Um, it's very impressive. Sean McVay uh, as the top coach in the NFC West. I don't see an argument there, uh, but you can see the full list here just to run back through. At MVP, we got Matt Stafford. Offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup. Defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Breakout player is Rondale Moore. And to finish it all up with the coach of the year for the NFC West, Sean McVay. No surprises there. Guys, stick around for the third segment. We will have the next installment of the top 25 quarterbacks of the last 50 years, five decades in the making, and numbers 15 through 11 will be given. Don't go anywhere. What's up? We are back. It is the third segment on a Friday, July 8th. Um, Really good segment here. We have the rest, or not the rest, but the next um, 
you know, five quarterbacks to give you from the top 25 quarterbacks list that we have been working on now for the past three weeks. Uh, Numbers uh, 15 through 11 today to be given some more recent guys, which is nice. Uh, You guys will enjoy the video a little bit more today uh, as, you know, it's not all like taken on a black and white camera from, I don't know, like the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's more recent guys, guys that you would know a little bit better, so, you know, without further ado. Makes for makes for good content. Um, but yeah, so we have, like I said, numbers 15 through 11 on our top 25 quarterbacks list of the last 50 years. Let's get right into it here. Here we go. All right, um, 15, Patrick Mahomes. So, he's a one-time Super Bowl champ, uh, one-time MVP, one-time Super Bowl MVP. Uh, one-time Offensive Player of the Year, first-team All-Pro once, a second-team All-Pro once, four-time Pro Bowler. He leads in all NFL history. Uh, I don't remember what the minimum amount of throws is, but um, in career pass rating at 105.8. So let's let's not forget the insane playoff run to the Super Bowl in, what was that, 2019? So he started off with a 24-point comeback against Deshaun and the Texans, going 23 of 35. 321 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, and a rating 135. He then leads a 10-point comeback against Ryan Tannehill and the Titans with yet another 23 from 35, 294 yards, four total touchdowns, no picks, and 120 rating. He then leads a 10-point comeback in the fourth quarter alone against the 49ers in the Super Bowl, going for 21 unanswered in like seven minutes. He went 26 of 42 with 286, three total touchdowns, two picks, and a 78 rating. He averaged like 111 pass rating for the playoffs. He is the 15th all-time quarterback already, and I think he'll only continue to rise. He's one of the most talented guys that we've seen ever in the league. Mahomes at 15. Completely agree. I mean, there's no arguments from this side. Uh, An arm talent like that, the athleticism that that man possesses, and the arm angle like that i i can say almost say that he pioneered uh the whole just throwing from different arm slots uh forever it was come back have it at the ear bam snap go uh he's been you know throwing around defenders now for like two three seasons it's been insane sidearm across the body doesn't matter all right number 14 aaron Rodgers. he's another guy who's a very very beautiful thrower of the football he's a one-time super bowl champion four-time league mvp one-time Super Bowl MVP, four-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro, 10-time Pro Bowler, holds the record for the best pass rating of a season at 122, I want to say. He's got the best career touchdown-interception ratio. He's 10th all-time in yards, 5th all-time in touchdowns. Um, I, I would say... does he Is his playoff success up to par? No, but is his regular season resume absolutely unbelievable yes it is four-time league mvp is just ridiculous Um, and and when you look from a talent standpoint one of the best arms of all time one of the most accurate passers of all time does he get a little bit careful with the football times yes but at the end of the day is he one of the top you know 15 guys i think so some would argue higher i value winning championships a little bit more i think you do as well so that's why he's a little bit lower than some people might have him but he's a fantastic talent, and 14th all-time is nothing to scoff at. Aaron Rodgers at 14. For sure. Okay, number 13. Let's go with Big Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, so he's man. a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's a rookie of the year, six-time Pro Bowler, most career 500-yard passing games with four. 
Uh, most career are tied for the most career games with a perfect pass rating. Again, four. Uh, most completions in a game, I think it was 47. He's fifth all-time in yards, eighth all-time in touchdowns. And also, let's not forget that he has two of the most impactful and kind of impressive plays in NFL history of all time. So let's set the scene. 2006, divisional round of the playoffs against Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Jerome sure hands Bettis. Doesn't fumble. All season. I think he might have have like one fumble. Fumbles at the goal line. It's picked up. It's going the other way. I believe the guy's name is Nick Harper. If my memory is that good, oh my God. He's going the other way. There's only one guy in the way to tackle him. It's Big Ben. And he tackles him by a shoelace. By a shoelace, right? If they return that, Indy most likely wins. That means Peyton's in the Super Bowl. Big Ben's not. Peyton probably wins that Super Bowl against Matt Hasselbeck, right? I'll take Peyton Manning in that Super Bowl, which means Peyton's got another one. Ben's only got one. That changes career trajectories. Yeah. Impressive. Secondly, set the scene, 2009 Super Bowl. 30-some seconds left on the clock. They're at about the 20, 25-yard line, something like that. No, no, they were inside the 10, I think. Doesn't matter. They're in the red zone. He scans the field. He extends the play. Finds Santonio Holmes in the corner for for perhaps the best single throw in NFL history on the biggest stage in the sport. If that misses, Kurt Warner gets another one. And, you know, as we talk about Kurt Warner, might be one of the snubs on this list. But, you know, if you have a question, at me on social media and I'll talk about it. But that changes trajectories of his career. If Ben doesn't get that, you know, assuming he gets, you know, the, the, the shoestring tackle, that means he only has one completely changes the trajectory of the Steelers for the next five to ten years. Warner gets another, and Warner might be a top 15 quarterback of all time. If he gets that Super Bowl, Larry Fitzgerald's looked at completely differently. Edron James has looked at completely differently. Uh, that That is one of the best singular throws in NFL history, one of the most accurate throws in NFL history. Big Ben at number 13. Love it. Number 12, Drew Brees. One-time Super Bowl champ, one-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time Offensive Player of the Year, one-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, 13-time Pro Bowler, second all-time in yards, second all-time in touchdowns to only Brady. So, I mean, he's first among normal people. Uh, Brings New Orleans uh, Super Bowl this season of, uh, what, Katrina, I believe, right? it was. Just spectacular. His stats are jaw-dropping. He's been one of the most... Steady, all-time, just fantastic teammates. Uh, you know, a really good guy in the locker room. Yeah. A pinnacle of what you would want to build your franchise around. The franchise guy. And I think what he was able to do with turning his career around, I think it's super impressive. If Ben's stats were a little bit better, I'd probably put him above Breeze. But being second all-time in the two most important categories as a quarterback, how do you not have him above Big Ben in this situation? Yeah. And I think he was better like, he was just a better quarterback, right? Did he win quite as much? No. But was he in Pittsburgh with that that culture, those defenses? You know, Tomlin, Cower? No, he wasn't, right? He was in New Orleans, who's been historically bad. He won, the, won them a Super Bowl, 13-time Pro Bowler, right? He was a top five to six quarterback almost every single year he was in the league. That's so impressive. And let's not forget that the Super Bowl he won was an impressive comeback in itself. Uh, the, yeah. uh, the, onside the, the onside kick. And then yeah. leading them back down, and um, I think like 40-some seconds all the way down the field. They go down, they score, they win. Uh, he has etched his name in greatness for NFL quarterbacks. Number yeah. 12 on the list is very fitting for Drew Brees. 
All right, number 11. Uh, I think Terry Bradshaw fits here. I think he is the slightly better Steelers quarterback. Now, Ben is statistically better, but there's two numbers that stand out to me. Four-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, actually has a league MVP as well. He's a one-time first-team All-Pro, and he's a three-time Pro Bowler. Here's what makes him better, and here's what makes him so good. Absolutely nobody in NFL history has been better than him in big games. Nobody has taken more of a leap from their normal baseline regular season to how they perform in the playoffs. He has a career pass rating of like 71. I think it's like 70.9 or something like that. His playoff pass rating is an 83. He was a significantly better quarterback in the playoffs, which is just insane. And in the four years that they won the their Super Bowls, not only was he at a, a better at an 83 rating, the four years that they won it all, he averaged a 91.5 passer rating for the playoff runs. So whenever they whenever they needed him, whenever it counted most, Terry Bradshaw stepped up, an all-time great, an all-time winner, and that just can't be discounted, Terry Bradshaw at 11. Uh, yeah, I mean, the dude, when the, light, when the big lights came on and were shining the brightest, he stepped right up, filled in those shoes, and, and played his butt off for the Steelers. And, I mean, one of the biggest reasons they have as many Super Bowls as they do uh, is Terry Bradshaw. I mean, yeah. But, um, you know, that finishes up the list for today. That is 15 through 11. Make sure you come back next week. Uh, that will be numbers, what, 10 through 6, I'm assuming? Yep, yeah. 10 through there 6. There we go. My math serves me correctly. Um, but, guys, thanks for stopping by. That's all we have for today. Go check out everything on social media. Uh, the Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast. Twitter is at the issue podcast. Find everything in the link tree. TikTok's been booming. Yeah, TikTok has been booming as well. So go check everything out. Uh, You can find it all from the link tree in the description of the episode or anywhere where you may listen. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And that was the issue.